721 on the KYMN Morning Show. And now we are joined by City Administrator Ben Mardig. Good morning, Ben. How are you doing? Good morning, Rich. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here. It's, uh, you know, work sessions are always fun. They're, they're always they're always just rollicking and, and rambunctious. <laughs> and <laughs> a little gullible. I thought you were serious. <laughs> I think they're fun. I, you, I, I have to tell you, I, mean, I sometimes I whine about the fact that I have to go to a council meeting. I really enjoy going covering the council because it's it, 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 folks if you want to know what's going on in the city all you have to do is 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 go sit in the gallery and sit uh, sit in on some council meetings or even watch them online because everything you ever needed to know is all in there so last night uh the first uh item on the agenda we heard from Sam Temple yeah you, Sam's a regular on here to yeah, he is. share what's going on with Northfield Public broadcasting station right he gave an update to the council on a kind of an introductory report on some advocacy that he's involved in through the uh through an association of uh across the state called the minnesota association of community Tele- telecommunications administration that's a mouthful i MACTA tried to say that the, yesterday yeah, i'm not usually a fan of uh <laughs> acronyms but right. MACTA is the acronym for it so he's on a legislative committee for that and um, very actively involved and uh one of the things uh is our community media funding model that lets us have mm-hmm. Northfield Public Broadcasting, our mm-hmm. videos on YouTube, funding to help make our our council meetings available yeah. online. And now all, uh, most of our boards and commissions are now available too. That funding model is really kind of getting outdated in state law and also some federal laws. So it's limiting our ability to keep up with getting information out there and our source of funding starting to kind of go away because the, the source of fee comes from the old technology of cable television. Right. Their coaxial cables are in our city-owned public right-of-way, our community-owned right-of-ways, yeah. and we're able to charge a fee that we pass on to the customers, right. and it's itemized on your bill for that. But, of course, with new technologies and Internet um, we're seeing those revenues go away as people shift to other modes of watching television because they're still getting entertainment. Lots oh, sure. Of it, yeah. Probably the yeah. most they've ever had right. <laughs> historically. It's, 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 it, there's never been more available to you. Yeah. But a lot of people are cutting, you know, cu- quote unquote, cutting the cord. Yeah. Right. And we, we can't charge a fee for that right now under state and federal law. And so, um, even though they are also in our right of ways with these fiber lines that are going in and still able to basically watch it the same way, uh, the laws haven't kept up with it. So Sam, fortunately, has been very active on that, and it, and it appears that there's actually some uh, breakthroughs that are happening related to state-focused uh, changes in the law that we're going to be involved in as a city to help lead the effort to try and change that to be able to basically recapture those fees. So again, I would say it's a modernization. It's not a new, new, I mean, yes, it might be new fee for some people, but, but not for that. It really has funded our communications and we would really be challenged and it would add to even more burden if we wanted to keep doing what we are doing, like property taxes would be the way to make it up if we weren't able to continue to capture those fees, or we just don't have information going out to the public uh, even more, which of course we rely on partners like KYMN (laughs) to help get information out, but you probably could use a little help sometimes. Your partners sometimes (laughs) rely on Northfield Public Broadcasting, so it's (laughs) sometimes... I, I realize you probably aren't, you know super familiar with every last detail of the, uh, the, the funding, but would, would, would the city be able to, um, like move the fee from, from cable access to maybe internet access? Is that, is that's that, basically the concept is, is that to what be they're able looking to at? replicate what it is. We might not be able to replicate it exactly because there's some federal, 
uh, current language that creates some challenges, but the state might be able to do it in other ways to basically mimic the ability to do that. So like right now we have a 5% fee kind of standard fee that goes on um, the uh, cable bills. And then there's also a fixed, what we call uh, public uh, educate or peg fee. I'm forgetting what the what that acronym is, <laughs> Sam will correct me when I get back to the yeah, office probably. But, um, but that helps with equipment specifically for upgrades and some of those kinds of things. That's just a flat amount that's fairly reasonable. So it's a modest fee, I think, to be able to really have robust local information going out. In a community like Northfield, um, people, I think, just expect to have a lot of available information to the public of our meetings. We're also, of course, expanding a lot of really cool information that Sam's been talking right. about. There's great historical videos on our YouTube that by doing some of the, by having the capacity of our communications team working together, and Sam's really the video expert, um, we're really able to showcase more of Northfield and what's happening, what makes this town really cool. In his presentation last night, he said that uh, by the end of 2023, for the year, Northfield Public Broadcasting will have produced 440-some videos, which is, that's pretty impressive. That's good. Good yeah. to hear that from a communications guy that you were <laughs> impressed with it too. Yeah. So it's if you got nothing work, better yeah. to do for the next 365 days, I guess that's what you can do. So mm-hmm. watch some, watch some public broadcast. Exactly. When you're not listening to KYMN radio, <laughs> tune into NPB. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> um, there was a pretty extensive uh, presentation made last night by Mr. Uh, I'm going to get his right. Tony Janowick, is yep. that, uh, who um, is the CEO of a company called Interstate Parking and, uh, um, I will be honest. I mean, it was it was a presentation that uh, raised at least one of my eyebrows for uh, a little bit for some of the things he was talking about. But the, he uh, he uh, is offering uh, Northfield uh, his company services in what he called managed parking solutions. Yeah, and of course, parking is a new conversation. In <laughs> We've never talked about parking before, ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but with some of our discussions of, you know, some development potential that could be coming together downtown and talking, uh, taking a look at some of those might be making better use of some of our surface parking lots to expand some of the local economy, get some yeah. more business activity happening and residential with that raises the question of parking. So the mm-hmm. city has talked about, well, is it time for us to get into the into the parking structure business to maximize some of this development opportunity, be more efficient? It's the prime time real estate in Rice County, certainly in downtown Northfield. Um, so we did an initial phase of parking that kind of looked at the parking needs and inventory, how people are using the parking. And Tony talked about that. We didn't use their firm, but we had that completed and he was impressed with the robustness of that. But the the second phase that we wanted to look at was parking solutions on what they call managed parking solutions. So basically looking at a full range of uh, how do you make best use of the limited parking that you do have so Mm -hmm. that you might avoid more costly alternatives like building a structure. So before we get into that um, and make any commitments, that's part of our due diligence that we're doing along with a lot of other financial review that's going to be coming back later. But they really offer this shared parking management solution. It's really focused on small to mid-sized communities. So they do in larger cities like Duluth and St. Paul, also uh, Milwaukee, and then pretty extensively in Colorado and Wyoming. So he presented information uh, about that. It does include the idea that 
you know, generally free parking will be available, but some paid for uh, parking for prime parking um, would likely be a component of that. So as an example, he showed kind of a concept of, you know, down Division Street, you might say have 15 minutes, a half hour of free parking, uh, but then some pay after that. Um, but then, uh, but then other streets would be free potentially all mm -hmm. the time. And then they talked about, you know, certainly people who work or handicap uh, people uh, would have free parking as well. And there's a whole bunch of different ways. He didn't get into all of the different combinations, but he said everything's really customized to the community. It's some of it too might just be simply looking at a management, you know, not looking at some of that could just be some something simply doing where we identify where the workers downtown need to park, where it's somewhat convenient, but not in those prime time locations. I think that's something that is probably already done kind of informally or tried to be done, yes. but it is kind of on a voluntary basis. And so it gets a little harder to enforce, I guess. Um, but that's something they, they've taken a look at, but whether or not um, ultimately we move forward there, he he really talked about how the how the signage works. It doesn't have a whole bunch of meter meters littering downtown. If you go with that model, there would be things like it's basically a sign with a QR code. Right. There, there isn't an app involved. He said people are kind of getting app fatigue, so it's internet based where it would bring you there. It allows you to identify where the parking is in a town that does draw quite a few visitors too. If we can get the word out and make it intuitive to people, it, it can make it where the people who really need the accessible and quick parking can get it. And there should always be a parking spot available. Um, even though um, ultimately if you're going to spend the day, you might have to pay some costs uh, associated with that, depending on where you're parked at it or not. So um, those are, those are some of the things I would say the economic development authority and planning commission had a very lengthy meeting. And I think last night's discussion probably went for what hour and a half, maybe I think uh, it was, it was uh, the entire first half of the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that as we take a look at it, we're very early, but they're, you know, they're evaluating this as, as an economic de development consideration. He actually said in the, he gave some anecdotal, some other communities where there'd been some very much skepticism and concern on cost. And then he really turned some people around and they found out that a number of the businesses by being able to turn around some of those parking stalls actually generated more spending in activity uh, in their business where he said in some cases they saw like three times the revenue increase on that. The other thing is that, that was talked about, and there'll be a lot of engagement, particularly first with the stakeholders of the business community downtown. This is a very early initial discussion, mm -hmm. so there's a long path forward if if this is pursued. But um, one of the things is, too, is we have talked, uh, started to talk downtown about um, could we improve some of our snow removal, as an example, yeah. or garbage collection to be more efficient, maybe more cost-effective by the collective purchasing power of the downtown together, and like, so as an example, could we have all of our snow coordinated together where the sidewalks are all cleared? It's more accessible for people to get in and out. And we had talked about creating what's called a special service district where there'd be kind of some fees associated with that. That's basically like a property tax assessment back on the owners, um, where maybe the city would also be a partner in that and work to kind of coordinate our street pickup with the sidewalks. This could potentially be another revenue source where rather than having a property tax, you know, solution, there could be some revenue sharing where some of those fees could be used to actually help the businesses directly to implement some of those things, build coordinated recycling and refuse collection. 
I know we've been extremely, we've really seen a huge ramp up of garbage downtown, which I think is a good sign of economic activity in Northfield uh, coming out of the pandemic, particularly. So this is maybe another solution around that. So um, I think a key thing on this is uh, there's a lot of information and a lot of technology has changed out there. And so um, it's getting a lot more efficient and in common for the ability to do this. And so I think this is, this is one thing that is at least being explored and uh, the council did a, a fairly deep dive last night on, on the meeting. It did indeed. Okay, I have I have a couple of questions I want to ask, and and the first one I I I this I don't mean to put your feet to the fire. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I have to ask this question: Is paid parking in Northfield uh, a foregone conclusion in the uh, in the near future? Uh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, this is this is an initial discussion. Okay, all right. Um, one of the things that Bob and Bruce talk about a lot, uh, Bob, Bob uh, Jacobson or Bob Close and Bruce Jacobson, the the downtown uh, redevelopment coordinators or uh, consultants, they talk about having to you know having to find smaller vehicles to to do some of the uh, like garbage collection and 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 th- is this a company that could that could sort of facilitate that situation? Yeah, they uh, that's kind of getting in even deeper as they're kind of a full service company yeah. too. So if if there's an interest, say, if we don't have private contractors locally that are interested available or if the city's not interested in getting into it, they do provide solutions where they would actually provide services where they could do the garbage management. They could do, you know, uh, snow removal. They could even do things like maintaining landscaping in the downtown and some of that stuff. Now, I, I'm assuming they create kind of a business structure locally and have some employees and things, but they do office, offer kind of a, a whole bunch of different solutions. So I only touched on very small piece mm-hmm. of, of the discussion. And, mm-hmm. and It was a long conversation. Yeah, yeah, it gets much broader in that, but that that's definitely something, too. Right. I would say kind of t- t- discussing too with uh, Bob and Bruce uh, helping with some of our facilitation because they also we've also they've gotten to learn a lot about our guiding documents and our visioning. This idea like we said parking is not new here but the policy here idea of actually exploring some managed parking at least goes back to 2008 it's in our comprehensive plan sure. referenced. And so we're just starting to coordinate this um effort with interstate parking to evaluate it. So again, I think the the main thing is this would be a shared approach um, to parking, and we're going to need a very collaborative and coordinated effort with our business community as well as the general public in order for this something like this to to be implemented or not. So there's a lot of time to learn about all the different options and right. see if this might make sense. And again, I would say that going through these phases it doesn't cost us anything. That's another thing that's great on this one is he basically works through different solutions and options and then comes back and says are you interested or not? And it's not anything you have to pay for as part of that. I somehow somehow missed that point in the conversation last night. That's interesting. He also said, and I'm guessing there might be some fees for that, but he also said some communities have done piloting of it where they they tested it for a month and then determined whether they move forward. He said he hasn't yet had anybody after they've done a pilot choose not to continue. But again, every place is unique. And um, so we'll take a look at, at that. But I think it does meet a number of our... You know, I think it would help with accessibility. Um, the example, too, is uh, handicap would actually get a priority on any stall. So if there's an open stall and you're on your app and you want to find a spot, mm-hmm. it can get you closer to that, um, having more spots open. I think some of our, our climate goals, too, you know, as an example, you know, I might be driving down the street to park, but 
I mean, I could walk two blocks with no problem or a block, and I've usually never had a problem to walk more than a block to get to where I'm going in downtown. Right. Um, but I also know know things pretty well on where there's usually spots to go. Right. Um, but that, I think, is probably a healthier community, too, that the people who really need those spots can get out in front, healthy, right. active people like me. I could, it doesn't hurt me to walk a block. I could use to probably walk four blocks <laughs> or ten blocks. Uh, I, I'm right there with you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I guess this is where we're at with uh, interstate parking and All more right. to come. And okay, uh, yeah. Uh, and then we, uh, you had a pretty extensive presentation that you gave last night, uh, talking about um, you know long term for- forecasting for the uh, Northfield budget and the and the tax levy, and then um, actually doing some work on the preliminary levy to maybe uh, reduce it a little bit. Yeah, so our, our preliminary levy, just as a recap, was about $15.6 million just over. We can't go above that now in December when we finalize things. So we're kind of in the home stretch of the um, of the budget process. The, the tax rate increase would be just over 2%, but the total levy increase is about $1.6 million, or an 11.5% increase from one year to the next. Um, budgeting really never really ends and as soon as we adopted that we were already working on okay are there other ways we can maybe bring some options back to save some dollars for to get that levy down Uh, we also have been doing a month ago we unveiled kind of our first forecasting of trying to do multi-year financial planning and actually integrate it on a regular basis whenever we're talking budget and we're working it that's really a best practice and we're working on getting there um but last night i did bring back at least some movement on that that would bring back um uh, some one alternative anyway that we have would be to bring that down about three hundred and fifty thousand, so it would get our tax rate to under about a half a percent tax rate increase. Um, it would be still a total levy uh, increase of about nine percent. How how we did that is a, taking a look and okay, what can we do? You know, are there any cost shifts that we can do? Are there any expense changes or revenue? Other alternative revenue. We don't have a lot of alternative revenue options, so we did a combination of expense reductions and use of some reserve funds. So um, we we did some changes of things like um, eliminating some intersection control studies that we had planned, where we usually like to have a couple in the in the budget to evaluate if people have concerns. We've been looking at Highway Three uh, in particular too, yeah. with some issues there. So we we said, well, maybe that's it's one of those studies could hold off. We did have some carry. We have so, uh, the comprehensive plan is in process, and we had expense some additional costs next year, but we already have uh, dollars that we haven't used this year. So the idea is we could just carry those funds forward. So we reduce some of those expenses and, in effect, use reserves from this year to pay for next year. We did get some aid from the state of Minnesota related to public safety assistance. So we did do some accelerated increases in pay to keep our good uh, quality officers that we have mm-hmm. and not lose them uh, to another community. Um, and also help extend some of our officers that maybe we're planning to retire to keep them here a little bit longer. So I think that definitely has worked out. There is some longer-term costs, though, and we do still have some dollars from the state that have gone unused. So this could help reduce the tax burden while those increases are are occurring. There were some things as we're ramping up for strategic plan in 26, uh, 2025 uh, that I was going to do some initial analysis, but we could probably just do some of that in-house as I took a closer look at what would need to be done. So... Uh, in the end, we did give that option. Uh, the information was basically, it was presented to the council at the meeting, so they didn't have it in advance. It was right. still kind of putting all the stuff together. So it's going to continue on to next uh, next uh, week, uh, next week's agenda. So we didn't get a lot of feedback, but I didn't expect it. So yeah. this was kind of the presentation of the material for them to digest and consider. I did 
offer out some other potential expenses expenses we could uh, do as adjustments i would say the deeper you get into this the harder it, it will get and more gets into policy options right. we also did though share what we com- d- pulled out what the other community set for preliminary levy and it might surprise people i know i say this regularly on the air but when we look at our peer group, Northfield is on the low end of the city total taxes that are spent for city government in comparison to other cities. And actually, when we look at the preliminary levy, even with the preliminary levy we set, we actually dropped um, down further in comparison to the other cities. Why? Because other cities are facing the same issues we are. Inflationary yep. increases, yep. wage adjustments. Now, our wages are set, but we have inflationary costs infrastructure is expensive that's impacting some of our debt as we reconstruct roads um so we actually dropped down in the comparison of the peer group we we the the average of the peer group was 9.3 percent preliminary levy increase so if we dropped it down to nine it's probably close uh, you know it's just under that average of our peer group so we basically stay right. really at, at, towards the bottom uh, of our peer comparison so again the grass isn't always greener on the other side i guess with that i just got back from a national conference to on city management and i would say too we're when the uh, i would say we're, we're not at the a grade level but i definitely say on our budget processes and activities we do i'd say we're a solid b and working our ways to really kind of excellence in that and forecasting is part of that i know it's hard conversations to have but i would much rather have a clear picture of the future of what our expenses are where we're heading and then have policy discussions about what that means and that was definitely a takeaway um doing things too like you know, part of this levy Im- impact is taking care as we've done analysis of our facilities, parks, um, and uh, equipment needs, and we're underfunded for those. And so we've got a phased-in plan that just on that itself is about 2.5% increase in the levy. But if we do this for a few years and buckle up or, you know, tighten up a little bit, um, we should be in a better place. And uh, we definitely heard cautionary tales of some of the speakers, or I did, I should say, of uh, kicking the can down the road can come back to bite you. And I think a little bit of that has happened here where you look back a decade or so ago and um, it's always easier to look back in the rearview mirror. But I think there were a lot of years where there were kind of 0% or really no increases yep. that really sets you back and, and you pay for it later. So I think yep. incremental approach is where we'd like to be. Um, but we're we're trying to work through some of that now. But I did give a whole bunch of scenarios to that effect of hey, if we want to try and reduce in the future year some of the tax burden, which we're primarily focused for next year, which in right. many ways the bills are already due. Right. But I'm starting to put together more, we put together some more forecasting models to say, well, what if we delayed things a year? What if Bridge, <laughs> what if Bridge Square was delayed a year? Would that help make it a more incremental mm-hmm. increase? And what if we shifted some of our, you know, we're looking at the ICE arena. What is the option of doing a full new one with the partnerships with the school and private? Or what if we just do a remodel or... You know, what are the other options with sure. that? And do we do we can we delay any of that, or what's the impact of that? Now, the other complexity on trying to do all these scenarios is there's cost increases to everything every year, and we didn't yes. get the chance to work that in. So, right. you know, you might we typically would say five percent increases is an unusual right. for some of these costs. Um, infrastructure costs have been going up double digits for a long time. So re- roads and streets. So it's this is a complicated business to be in to figure out all this stuff. But. And that was maybe the biggest question that came back to you from, from council last night is how much of this is just kicking things down the kicking the can down down the road for, for a year or two or whatever. And how does that uh, when it comes back around again, how much how much benefit do we really see? 
Yeah, because so. I mean, we want to be forward looking. We also want to be financially responsible and like, okay, we got to look at this year, but we also look have to look, like you said, is this going to make things harder? But we also have to listen to the community and realize, you know, it's a, you know, a lot of people are impacted in their pocketbook right, right now with yeah. inflation and, you know, going to the grocery stores more expensive than it used to be. Maybe some of that will drop back with reduction in some inflationary costs um, or supply chains changing. Maybe that will eventually start to break. Um, but we're faced with the reality, too, as we've got local services to provide as well. So we got to balance all of those things um, together um, where the elected officials have a hard job. And I know our council spends a lot of time and thought listening and making hard decisions and asking questions. And uh, we'll be getting out there soon to share more of the budget for the public and then getting some input on that. For the most part, when you go into this process, it's kind of like a year process. Most of the influence on maybe how it can be impacted, the, the elected leadership's been working on this a long time. And again, the multi-year is really where there's probably more in, uh, opportunity for influence about okay, do we do this project? Do we delay things? You know, what are people hearing? So it's probably those multi-years that there's more impact um, by the community members. But um, certainly I know that the council's very attuned uh, to the public and concerns related to budget and cost challenges we're all facing. So, so you gave the uh, you gave the council some options to, uh, to look at last night, and there will be discussion uh, again next week. Will, will there actually be a, a, a vote on the agenda next week, or uh, is that going to... Um, uh, is that going to, are we going to put that off for a little bit? Yeah, it's probably more getting a general sense of consensus with the council is probably where we're at. So I can start getting out the tax statements will be hitting based on that preliminary levy at, yep. at the mid middle of November. So if we can get a generally a good sense, if there's changes to that, it can help to kind of pre prep the public as to, okay, it's saying this, but here's kind of where we're at and why. So we're going to be ramping up that communication. Really, we don't typically have formal votes on it until the actual final budget in December, uh, yeah. the first week in December when the sure. council finalizes it. But we, we might fine tune and get more clear direction. Uh, next week and then uh, we have one more work session left in november i always think about that that week in november when people start to get their property tax statements that's just got to be your favorite week of the year ben <laughs> yeah well we I, I think that if we can try and get out ahead of it so it's not new so talking about right. it on kymn getting go. in the local newspaper um trying to get people out there and, and get it on the website uh where, where people have questions that's what we're working working to do and we're going to try and get some more communications out there so it's not a surprise hopefully sure. that's not the first time they've heard about some right. of the issues but i know people have busy lives yeah. too well lord knows we talk about it quite a bit here on kymn uh city administrator ben martig is, is there anything else we should be uh, mentioning i just wanted to promote again for people one last uh, meeting tonight of a series of uh, listening meetings and presentation on some of our redevelopment riverfront work downtown um, a lot of it's kind of been building off of the past uh, information, so it's not all new, but I uh, would say that it's another opportunity. We'll be at the White Center from 6 to 8, I believe, mm -hmm. and we kind of go through a little presentation of the different projects going on first, and then we do a question and answer at the end. Uh, and then we break out and people can kind of come up one-on-one -on -one and have some discussions on it. But, um, again, I, I, it's, I think people have appreciated the time and to hear kind of firsthand the, some of the questions they've got. I think there's some, you know, not surprisingly, there's maybe some facts out there and some misinformation out there. And so this is a chance to hear directly. We, we have a lot of resources in the room, too. Yeah. So there's a lot of city officials, also consultants that are there. Um, so I encourage people to, if you're interested, this is an opportunity to get out and hear from it directly. 
You know, you've got you've got Bob and Bruce there. You've got uh, city or city uh, officials there. Is Michael Lander uh, going to be? Do you know? If- nope, we're still working on. Uh, we'll be coming back in November related to some of the uh, uh, development work on Fifth and Washington Fifth okay. Water on how that's going. We'll right. we have more information then. But okay. yeah, we'll be talking about Ames Mill Dam. We'll be talking about. I'll, you know, I'll be there to talk about Fifth and Washington. Uh, projects in water street um we've got archer house uh, that they'll be talking about some of that and and more and of course everyone's favorite topic of conversation parking yeah bring it all back around that's right Uh, we'll have a little bit of that um information i don't think tony will be there tonight but we'll have some people there and there'll be a lot more coming forward on that parking discussion fantastic city administrator ben margie thank you so much for the time we always appreciate these conversations all right thanks rich all right